Good. All right. Okay, guys, let's get uh, let's get rolling here. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to see everybody here. If you watch us online, we're certainly glad that you chose to be with us this morning. I uh, hope that our prayer is that uh, that you'll be edified and you'll grow from from what you're going to learn this morning. Uh, we're going to be in Second Timothy chapter two uh, this morning. I don't have anything really update. I don't have anybody that really I can update you on. I think Stormy went home, right? She went home, uh, so she's doing better. Uh, her, her mom's God, man, they can't even catch a break. <laughs> so. I don't know. Uh, we, we tried to go see Roberta and nobody answered the door, so I don't know. I, James, I think James and Julie tried to go and nobody answered. So I don't know. Huh? No, I think she, I think she's home. I think she's supposed to go home tomorrow. Well, he went to see Steve, and he couldn't find Steve. Which I think is what he did. So anyway, uh, I went to see her when Larry Larry Glayfeld the other day. Nothing broken, but uh, he's, you know, hey, we we get old. Now. There's certain things you probably shouldn't do when you get old. Like get out of bed. All these young people are laughing. You know, y'all, y'all wait, man. Wait, you'll see what I'm talking about at some point. Huh? Uh, Larry Blake. And Brent went over and got him up and helped him up. Nothing's broken or anything. You know, I mean, you only call so many times when you're old before it does start to take take care on you. So anyway, all right. Uh, don't forget about lunch today. If you didn't bring anything, that's fine. There's plenty of food over there. Just stick around and, and eat with us and enjoy the fellowship. Uh, let's uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for, for providing us with a relationship with you through your Son. Father, we uh, we are in, we're in awe and honor you for uh, for what you've done in our lives. Father, we realize how uh, how insignificant we are. Uh, in our own in, in the world and we just pray a prayer of thanksgiving that you have honored us and, and glorified us and lifted us up and uh, and we thank you for that father father as we strut as we strive to learn as we strive to grow that uh, that you'll be with us and you'll help that growth process create in us father a clean and contrite a pure heart father we thank you for that as well father we pray you be with our family they're struggling with their health uh roberta and, and larry and and uh, you know, Alan and Stormy and just different ones that, that are struggling, Father. And I just pray that you bless them uh, and encourage them and lift them up and help us, Father, to be their family uh, while they're struggling. Thank you again, Father, for bringing us here. Thank you for the opportunity we have uh, to study together and to worship together today and to fellowship together as a family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter uh, chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 22. Uh what he's doing here, Paul is, a, is has giving an admonition to Timothy, this young preacher, uh, about false teachers and about about the negativity of untruth. And uh, and I, my question always is, when we study understanding that this is a letter that was not written to you, it was written to someone else, but we can learn from it. And what are we going to learn from the admonitions that he gives to the warning that he gives to Timothy? Are we going to learn anything from it in our own lives and personally and in our in our lives as a 
as a church, what are we going to learn uh, as leadership, whether you're leading your family or whether you're leading the church or whether you're leading something else? You know, you have a responsibility uh, to take these things and apply them to your life and see, okay, what is he trying to tell me? What do I need to learn from this as he talks to Timothy, okay? You know, understand Timothy was in Ephesus, he, he, and, uh, and this is the second letter he's written to him. And so we've got to pay attention. What is he trying to say? Chapter 3 will really get into some stuff, I think, that, uh, that will, that will uh, be an encouragement to us. But uh, remember something, God, and I'm going to say this a couple of times. Whatever we had before, before Christ, whatever we had before Christ, whatever things that we did before Christ, whatever things that we were following and, and running after before Christ, uh, did not, cannot compare, cannot, did not, will not compare to what we have in Christ. Okay? We have, we have a promises in Christ that nothing in the world could give us. So as we read some of this, and I'm going to read a, two or three verses, then we're going to come back and look at it. Uh, look at, start in verse 22. It says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they may, will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. This, is, this little portion of text is about Timothy and the people at his church and us. What am I going to learn from it? What's the first thing he says in verse 22? Flee from what? That word in the Greek is an ongoing word. It means keep on fleeing. It means don't stop fleeing. He says flee from the, from the evil desires of your youth. Tell me something. What were the things that you desired in your youth? What were things that you desired in your youth? Sex. Huh? Sex. Sex. Drinking. Okay. What? Fancy clothes. Fancy clothes. Drinking. Drinking. Fast car. Shoes. Sometimes, you know, and uh, will you get? You'll understand in just a minute. What else? What What is it that you that you long for was in a in your youth that he's going to tell you you need to flee from things that were contrary to a relationship with God? Okay, that that's a broad that's broad, but we can put all kinds of things in it. You know, in my era, it was different than it was in some of these other eras. It was different than in say y'all's era. It was different. You know, I was in the anti-establishment era, you know, in the 60s and 70s, the drug culture. So I looked at things different than you may have looked at. Paul or even Mark would have looked at things. You know, certainly different than what these little kids looked at, how they looked at it. You know, but I looked at things and I, and I longed for things. I wanted to be an individual. Okay, I didn't want anybody telling me what to do. I, want, I didn't want an establishment, you know, hierarchy telling me, dictating to me what I was supposed to do. So we rebel. That was what I sought after. That's what I. That's what I ran to. That's the and and it was it was evil because it pushed us into a place that was unhealthy. You know we had wars going on. Okay, and so we longed for things that were contrary to that. All right, that were opposite of that. That was my culture, and I ran from. I ran towards those things. These were things that that uh, that were evil desires. And and uh, you know I mean what you guys said is all true. <coughs> What was something different that maybe you ran towards when you're you that he says flee from now? Popularity. Popularity. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be somebody that when people looked at me, 
they they I was somebody. So right? Important. I was important. Self importance. Yeah, but I was important. Right. You know, I mean, you know, that that probably hasn't changed much in school today. People still want to be important. Right? My question is What are what are what of those desires did you bring with you? He says, flee from the evil desires of youth. Keep on fleeing from them. What are the, the desires that you had in your youth? Maybe that were very uh, uh, very low-key, but what were they that maybe you, you've taken them, they followed you, and you're still running after them, or you still long for them? What that might that be? What might of those things, how important do you want to feel today that you still run after, that it can be sinful in your life because of the things you might do? You know, I mean, I see people get married all the time. That, that uh, you know, it's it's going to last about 15 minutes, and you know what's going to happen. It's going to go south. Now, I'm not, I'm not a little 15 minutes, but within a year or two, two years, they're going to figure out, man, I don't really want to do this anymore. This ain't fun. And they did it because they, they were still trying to fulfill some of the fantasies, some of the things that they were looking for when they were young. Brought it with them. Didn't 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 leave it behind and go towards remember what I told you. Said the things that we have today, you know, the things that we longed for cannot compare at all with what we have in Christ. And when we start trying to do that, it's simple. So ask yourself, you know, if I'm supposed to flee from the desires of my youth, which of those desires of my youth did I bring with me? And now as an adult, I still have them. What are they? Sometimes you confuse service with trying to please everybody. Okay. The, 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 say it again. Sometimes you confuse service with trying to please everybody. Make everybody happy. So the, the thing is, I'm still trying to please people. All right? How many of you, in your youth, tried to please the people around you? How many of you did that? What did that lead to? What, what, you know, and I don't want you to tell me. You know, I don't. What did it lead to? Did it lead to things that you probably should not have done? Whatever they have been. It led to whatever you should. And when you bring that with you, I'm still trying to please people. I don't need to be comfortable in my relationship with Christ. That Christ is enough for me. I don't need to please you. I need to do my job. I need to do what God's called me to do. He, he, said, he said, the servant of God, look at what he says in, in that one. He said, and the Lord's servant must not be, and he says this. So if I'm going to be a servant of God, that it's not going to incorporate those desires, those evil desires that I had as a youth that I'm bringing with me. I've got to get a handle on them at some point. I've got to get a handle on them. Because you know what they do? They destroy all my relationships. Okay? That's what they do. They destroy all of my ability to be the person I need to be. They do that as well. And so if I bring all that stuff with me and don't run from it, he says, flee from that stuff and pursue what? If you're going to run away from something, what are you going to be doing? Running towards something else, right? If you're running from one bad thing to another bad thing, that's not that's not healthy. But if I'm running from the bad stuff, the things that if I'm fleeing from the things that, that got me in trouble and I'm fleeing, I'm going towards, what does he say to pursue? What does he say? Pursue what? Read it. Righteousness. Righteousness? What else? Love and peace. You know, pursue. Are these normal things that... that that you would have pursued when you were a kid? <laughs> Not in your life. These things weren't in my vocabulary. They just weren't. You know, and as I became an adult, they still weren't in my vocabulary. God had to teach me these things. 
You know, I didn't know that when I was leaving that stuff and going different, I didn't know what I was going towards. I just know I couldn't keep doing that. I had to go this way. And it says, pursue righteousness and peace, faith, hope, love. Pursue these things. You know what Jesus said? He said that, that uh, blessed are those who do what? Hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. And they will be filled. You know, the, the, the Spirit brings peace in our lives. When I baptize into Christ and I get the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's to bring peace in my life. It's to bring hope. You know, I have hope through the resurrection of Christ, what it tells me in 1 Peter, that I have hope through a resurrection of living hope, not just a dead hope, a living hope. You know what my hope was when I was a kid? Not in that. Not in that. What did you hope in when you were a kid? When you were young, when you were, when you were immature, what did you hope in? My own ability? The ability of the guy next to me, if I was out with this guy or out with this person or whatever, the ability that... that that we were going to stay out of trouble or we will be able, be able to handle trouble if we got into it. You know, that was my hope. You know, my hope was if I got out on a Friday night that I could get to the bottom of that bottle. <clears throat> I was going to get to the bottom of that bottle. One way or another, I was going to get to the bottom of that bottle. You know, I had confidence in myself that I could do that. <clears throat> Doing things that we wouldn't be hoping would get caught. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, I mean, I'm looking at this, I'm saying, he says, flee from these things. Telling Timothy, flee from the things, the sinful desires of you, and pursue this. So incorporate that into, into your mindset today. Now I know, you know, some of you are, are more than godly people. I understand. Y'all are, y'all are, we ought to erect statues. <laughs> some of you know? You don't have... You know, some of y'all don't have any problem with any of this stuff. You just have done this. You've incorporated this in your life, and everything is wonderful, right? So, so no, that's not. Oh, here comes the guy. There he. Here's the. See, he's, he's incorporated all of that. All, all of that is incorporated in his life, and we ought to erect a statue, right? Not so much. I know, not so much. So every one of us needs to be pursuing these things, right? What gets in the way? Tell me what gets in the way. Huh? We do. I bring my past with me and it gets in the way, right? I bring the stuff that happened before I became a Christian and because that's still the mindset. I still have some of those psychological mindsets that I need to eradicate. And if I put these things into place, that God will take it out of, take it out of my life. I'm a whole lot better than I was before. I'm going to be, be a whole lot better now. And what I want to do is the same thing that Paul said. I want to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. I want to keep working. And when I, he comes for me, have, have him find me working. Working towards being better today than I was yesterday. I'm not going to ask you. You know, there are people in this room that you know have flaws in their life, right? You know them. You know what, you, some of you know what the flaws are. But that's not who we are. If I'm running towards this thing, that's not who I am. I'm a flawed individual that needs Christ, and I'm running towards him because he's going he's gonna to give me those things. Now, look at what he says next. He said, uh, well, let me read that verse again. Flee the evil desire of you and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Who are those people? Who are the people that call on the Lord out of a pure heart? Who are they? Who do you think they are? He said, he says, you're going to do this along with these people. Okay? You're not going to do it alone. You're going to do it with these people. Who? What did you say, Barbara? 
It's the church. It's the us. church. Okay, it's the church. So, who do you think they are? She says the church. Who do you think they are? And along with those who have, who seek God with a pure heart. That's that what he said. Look at what he said. He said, along who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Along with them. You're fleeing from this, pursuing this, along with these people. Who are they? Who are the mentors in your who are the mentors, the spiritual mentors in your life? Who are they? Who do you look up to? Who do you see when you walk into this place, when you walk into your life and every day, who are they that you're striving to do? Because if you've got nobody, let me tell you something, guys. If you're in a, in a relationship where nobody's trying to help you, that's a tough place to be. That's a tough place to be, isn't it? It is. When you have no help, when, you, when you're trying to run away from stuff, that the person in your life is trying to keep you where you are. Because they're afraid of you changing into something you could, you're not, you don't, you don't, they don't want to be. And so you're running towards this stuff. Try doing it alone, and see how that works for you. How that work for you? How did it work for you running towards this stuff alone? So it didn't work, did it? How did it, it tough? It's almost impossible to do it by yourself. Okay? Why is it? Why is it that way? Why is it impossible? Not impossible. Why is it so difficult? To do it by yourself. No guidance. Huh? I need some. Nobody to encourage me. I need somebody to make me feel important. That's what I wanted when I was a kid. I still need somebody to do that. I need someone in my life to make me feel that way. Whether it's you or my wife, whoever it is, I need someone to make me feel that way. To make me feel important. You know, I'm, I'm looking towards this, and I want to do it. I don't want to do it alone. I want to do it with you. I want to do it with God's people who are genuinely, honestly, godly people. That's who I want to do it with. That's what he says. Who are calling on God out of a pure heart. What is kind of heart is God looking for? It says, it says that that I think we don't we sing a song that created me a clean heart. Isn't that Larry? Don't we have a song? You know, created me a clean heart. Who for who? You want me to create it in your heart? I can't do that. So what it I need God to create in me a clean heart, a pure heart. That's what he's looking for. And when he does that, then I want to be with somebody. I want to be with other people that that's the kind of heart they have. Because it's going to make it a whole lot easier for me to look for these things because it's going to be really easy for Satan to bring me right back to where I was before. Maybe I'm just a 35-year, 45-year-old, 55-year-old, 65-year-old kid still trying to run towards the things I shouldn't be running towards. You think that's possible? That's, I, I tell you, that's what we see in the world all over the place. That's what we see in some of our lives. We're struggling to find some, find some kind of answers in a 65-year-old body looking at kids' stuff and not looking at stuff that is that is more mature. And I need people in my life to tell me what you're doing stinks. You have somebody in your life that says what you're doing stinks? You have somebody in your life like that? If you put somebody in your life like that? Huh? Maybe you need to find somebody like that. Say what you're doing is not appropriate. What you're looking at, what you're dealing with is not appropriate. And then honor them because they're smarter than you are. They're godly people with a pure heart striving to take you into a good place. Look at them like that. That's Who, who does Timothy have? He has Paul. Paul's in jail. You think Timothy's trying to emulate this guy, his mentor? You think he's trying to do that? Trying to add some character traits of Paul to his life? Sure he is. You know, Paul said, you imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's what he said. He's telling that to everyone, not just to Timothy. So we should be able to say, 
Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Be careful if you say that. Be careful if you go that way. You better have your ducks in a row. You know, at least striving to put your ducks in a row. Now, so he said, I need to run from the stuff from the past. I need to run towards better stuff. And I need to have help to do it. Okay? I need to have people in my life, godly people in my life, to help me do that. Okay? Now, look at what he says next. He said, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. We've dealt with this before. It's not the first time we've dealt, he's dealt with it. He's going to deal with it more. Wait till we get in chapter 3 and chapter 4. We're going to really deal with it there. But, you know, we've talked about this before. The stupid things we quarrel about. The stupid things we argue about. Just in families. How many of you that are married have ignorant arguments? <laughs> never? Oh, never? You don't either? Don't have any? None of them? No. Is that because Judy told you you didn't? this right now. So, you know, guys, if you're watching this online, we really do have a good time. It really is fun. Some of these people, you can't see them, so you don't really know who it is. But let me tell you, it is a it is, it is is a fun group. So, anyway, so, so, so there's some of you in here that don't have any of those kind of arguments. That foolishness, that, that you know, but what he says here, he says, uh, foolish and stupid arguments that produce quarrels. You don't have any of those. So you decide you're not going to do it? Mm. How'd that work for you? She said, she said you're fine. Move on, man. So, you know, what happens when we have, what happens when we do this in the church? What happens then? When we're supposed to be all godly people, people striving to have a pure heart, striving to be pursuing righteousness and peace and faith and hope, what happens then? When we start arguing about things that are ignorant, that are stupid, and where do they come from? Where does that come from? Where does it? Why do Why do we argue about things that that maybe? Go ahead, Kale. Well, my translation says ignorant speculation. Ignorant speculation. That's Which, I mean good. that describes most gossip. There you go. You hear that? Ignorant speculation describes most gossip. Because, I mean, I would say that most of the quarrels that happen in a church happen outside of the people involved. Mm -hmm. You know, one side doesn't talk to the other. and You basically have this whole argument built up of, well, they're going to say this and I'm going to say that. Yeah. At no point does just coming together and talking about it in reality. Sometimes you're being talked about. Sometimes you're being talked about and you don't even know you're being talked about. Exactly. Yeah. You don't even know you're part of the conversation. It's two other people talking about you. You don't even know you're part of the conversation. That happens a lot. You know, people getting involved in stupid, ignorant stuff that don't matter about nothing about nothing and now we've got an argument going on. One person trying to defend, one person trying to challenge and now you got stuff going on. And that happens all the time in church. Yes, ma'am. Well, the saying is true uh, what your mom the problem is we didn't learn that. Yeah, yeah. Naomi said, your mama said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But the problem is we didn't really learn that. You know, you know, we 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 bring the childish stuff with us. I want to win. It, don't you know I'm right? You know, I mean, how many playground fights have you seen where somebody's trying to prove they're right? 
and they're trying to prove they can win. They're tougher than you are. That you know, and that's what we do. And I want to win, so I'm going to say this stuff. It may not be true at all, but you know, I'm going to say it anyway because it makes me feel better. And these, this is this is ignorant, stupid, and it causes quarrels. And I've seen people lose their souls and lose their minds over this stuff. Okay, talking about something, you know, and and especially when it comes to a biblical argument. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Especially a doctrinal argument, what they perceive as a doctrinal argument. I've seen so many of that, so much of that stuff, where people start arguing about doctrine, start arguing about something that makes no difference about nothing, and they and but to them it's everything. It's everything. So you know what do you what do you do? How do you do? He says, stop doing it. Huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't get on social media, so it doesn't for me. But but I hear it all the time. People talking on Facebook. You know, and I told somebody the other day, you need to shut your Facebook down. You need to stop. The preacher didn't? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's usually, that's what... Kale's talking about, you know, usually when we start snipping behind people's backs, when we don't have the courage to go to somebody's face and tell it to them straight up, you know, say, I don't like you. Hey, I'm a big boy. I can take that. I had somebody come tell me the other day they didn't like me. That's fine. I'm a big boy. I can take it. You know, I've been told by, by lots of people that they don't like me. That's okay. You're not going to like everybody. We have to love each other, but we don't have to always like each other. Hey, I love George, but then sometimes I don't like her very much. You know? But there's times when she don't like me very much either. I can tell you that for sure. But she would tell you. Hey, there's times when speculation. When, yeah, there you go. That's speculation. There's no speculation. I know for a fact. It's not, I know it for a fact. <laughs> for those of you watching, my wife's in the kitchen, and and you know, of course, they're giving me a hard time over this. But one day and at school too to get the two individuals who have a conflict get them together and get them away from the crowd yeah because it's that crowd you got to take that from them what, what they said what they said about your mama what, you know you get them away from the crowd yeah. and you get the two together and then you can solve the conflict yeah. but it's right. that crowd right. and now like you said it's a social media but a physical crowd is a problem i too. knew i knew it firsthand i saw a guy that 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 uh, said something to another guy and uh, and it uh, and it went and it went south in a hurry. And before before it got rectified, you know there was a there was some seventy five to hundred people in a parking lot. And these two guys are in the middle, and they're duking it out. Yeah. And and the guy that was said to it was said to that guy, he uh, uh, you know he beat the garbage out of the other guy, put him put him down for three or four days. If it had been social media, then he would have went to jail. You know, I saw it. I, I was I was right in the middle. I saw that. And when the crowd came together. It just fueled it. It was like a volcano, man. You couldn't stop it. Once it got started, there was no way to stop it. So that kind of stuff happens in the church. When we start arguing and snipping about stuff don't matter about nothing, guess what happens? We're supposed to be God's people. We're supposed to love each other. Then we need, you know what we need to do? We need to act like it. We need to act like it. If I got a problem with Georgia, you know what I'm going to do? What do you think I'm going to do if I got a problem with Georgia? I'm going to go talk to her. You're going to tell us. I'm going to tell you. I may tell y'all after I've talked to her. I'll talk to her. I'll say, hey, I got a problem. You know, this this is a problem here. What, what are we going to, how are we going to fix this? You know, but she'll do the same thing with me. 
Yes, ma'am. I think that was part of our reading this week that we were doing, part of that in those laws that God gave. He told them not to go to a crowd. Yeah. Not yeah. to become embroiled in that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. that's been around a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the rules God gave them in the in the book of Leviticus and, and the book of Exodus when he when he gave them charges, you know, he knew what he was talking about. Yes. That's why we need to have people with a pure heart that call out to God with a pure heart to be our mentors and be a, be there for us because they're going to tell you sometimes, you know, you know, have you ever had a mentor or someone like that tell you what you did not want to hear? Yes. Sure. What'd you do? Did you do the other thing anyway? No. You didn't? No. I, did. I, went, I went back to the book and studied what the book said. You already you know what's wrong. Really? Why Come on. Come on, man. Come on. I want somebody honest here. Yes, Larry. Okay. Sometimes we just make excuses. I'm, I'm, I'm asking, have you ever gone to a mentor and said, I need your help with this. What do I do? Didn't like what they said and went and did the off the day anyway. I've done it. I've done it. How does it work? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You know, he said, we, you get into that nonsense where now there's arguments and there's all kinds of nonsense going on and it's not conducive to the church being what it needs to be. Now look at what else he said. He said, and the Lord's servant, okay, how many of you identify as a servant of the Lord? Would you say that's true? I identify as a servant of the Lord. If you're in here and you don't, I want to know who you are. All right? Why don't you? Why don't you identify as a servant of the Lord? Is there a reason why you don't? If, if, you, if you believe, if I asked you right now, if you died on the way home today, would you, die, would you go to heaven? What would you say? Yes. Boy, that wasn't very many. How many of you say yes? Yes. I, I, I would die. If I, if I died on the way home, I'm going to go to heaven. Absolutely. That means that the only way that makes that true statement is you have to be a servant of God. Jesus said, if you're, if you're not willing to do this, don't call yourself a disciple because you aren't one. That's what he said. He said, if you're not willing to die yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, you are not a disciple. Don't call yourself one. Servant, a servant, one who serves him. He said, a servant of God. All right? If that's who you are, then this applies to you. This is what he said. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Whew. You know what would happen if we really applied this? You know what happens? It made Dan and James' my job a lot easier. But you know what we're trying to clean up most of the time? People are not doing that. Right, Dan? That's what we're trying to trying to clean up people's lives that are not doing that. They are they are quarrelsome. They're not they're not kind to people. They're not they don't want to teach nobody, and they resent everything that's happening in their life for one reason or another. But if we apply this, we're servants, and we are going to truly listen. To what he said, he said, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. How does this work in your families, guys? How does it work? What happens if your husband or your wife is quarrelsome and you're trying to pull this off? What do you do? I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm going to walk away. Huh. That's easier said than done. Let me tell you. Huh? I know it is. I know it is. You know why I know? 
because I used to do the same thing to Georgia. I used to criticize her and put her down, you know, demean her, and she had a really, I don't know why she stayed with me. I don't know why she did. You know, I guess, and this was after I became a Christian. This wasn't when I was not a Christian. This was after I became a Christian. And so, you know, I, I, I looked for ways to have fights with her. I could, I could find a way over nothing to have a fight if I just felt like fighting. Well, I mean, as far as being a Christian goes, I mean, you know, always on the fence with it's difficult it's difficult to have a relationship where both people are not on the same page really difficult okay but the one person who's on the same on that page can decide I'm not going to be a quarrelsome individual I'm going to find ways to not do that that can be very difficult to do I'm not going to be quarrelsome and then, and then it says it says and I'm uh, and I'm going to be kind in my response I'm going to be kind that that's I've, I've known in relationships especially husband wife that's usually a word that you that comes to mind when when there's quarrels going on kindness is not part of the repertoire it just isn't because we want to win I want everybody to know that I'm right and you're wrong that I didn't do what you said I did, and you did what I'm saying you did. That's where we are. And and he said, when we pull that into the church, what happens? Now we've got we've got we got people in the church who are who are quarrelsome, not kind. Look at what else he said. He said, able to teach, not resentful. What does it mean, able to teach? I thought he said in James, not that everyone should presume to be teachers. Every single one of you in here is a teacher, in some aspect or another. Some teach little kids for a job. Yes, ma'am. Your actions are teaching. Your actions can be teaching, can be a teaching tool. I've seen women change husbands, change the their the husband's mindset because of the because of the character of their life. I've seen it happen. You know, I've seen uh, Jenny Stafford's mom change her husband. I didn't know what was going on. This that guy was baptized. PM was baptized. Right after I was baptized, I, I, I just was taken over there. They wanted me to see it. Bobby Fudge took me and said, come on, you want to see it. I didn't know what was going on. What I didn't know is 80-something years old. He's going to die in six months or a year later. And his wife had been working on him his whole life, their whole marriage. Been working on him. Didn't run from him when he was acting like a fool. Didn't run from him. Just just lived with him and, and put across that godly woman. And you know what happened? He was baptized into Christ and became a viable member of this church working, doing things, and then he died. And it was, she did that. Because she was willing to do this in spite of him. She did it in spite of him. Because this is not what who he was. And I didn't know that till later. Till after. Any of y'all know new PM? Any of y'all know him? He was, uh, you know, he was, he was a typical guy, man. He was 80-something years old, set in his way, didn't want to have nothing to do with nothing. And, uh, and Bernice just kept after him. Just kept showing, not after, just showing him a godly woman. That's all she did. She didn't preach at him. She didn't beat him with the book. Nothing. She just kept doing what godly women do, and it changed. So, you know, I said after teach, she was a teacher without being a teacher in front of the class. She was a teacher. You teaching people as we speak. Godly okay? woman. Uh, when she 
was working for the school, I was doing a lesson. I was trying to figure out a way to convey something to the kids in a way that it would make a little more sense to them. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten into the habit of, you know, oh, there's Bernie. I'll go ask her. Because mm-hmm. she, she just, and she had such a, it just glowed. Yeah. There's like, a, I, I read this thing. It said, uh, there are church people and there are Christians. And you can tell the difference because a Hold on a minute. Hold on. Did y'all hear that? Yes. There are church people and then there are Christians. Yes. yes. The Christian ones, they're the ones with the pure heart who call yes. on God. That's who they are. Yeah. There's other people just church people. We have those. They're going to be church people who are just going to come and worship. I mean, they're just going to come over here. But the godly people, godly people, they're those. I don't know who they are. I don't know the difference between them. That's not my job. That's God's job. All right? But there are church people and godly people here as well. Okay? God's got them here for a reason. And we and we are, and our job is to do what? Teach them. Teach them. Some of us have the ability to teach like this. Some of us have the ability to teach like from a pulpit. Some of us have the ability to teach from the foyer. Some of us have the ability to teach just walking by them and having a glow and aura about us. That's how we teach. Okay? So, you know, when you look at this and say, you when, when you say, it says, uh, uh, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed. Who are you talking about opponents? Who are the opponents? Who are they? Sometimes it can be a person of your own family. It can be a member of your own family. That's that's you know. I mean, Bobby, you and I've talked about it. You know, I mean, you're some people in your family are, are directly opponents. You know what he tells you? He said gently instructed. It's hard. You want to beat him with the book. You want to smack him right in the mouth with the book. Aren't you listening? <laughs> Pay attention. Right? That's what you want to do. It's hard to do. And the book don't work. Just it's hard watch to them do when they sit there and you're trying to teach them. They're still on that phone. Yeah. <laughs> but their opponents. How 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 helpful are they to you in your spiritual walk? They're not. They're not. So if they're if they're not for you, then they are against. Their opponents, right? Two guys get in a boxing ring. They're not going to both fight air. They're going to fight each other. All right. If they just stand there, somebody paid a lot of money for nothing. Right? They're not going to stand there. You know, if you got two teams, two football teams, they're not going to get on the field and fight each other. Right? They're not going to play against each other. They're going to play against, they're going to, one's an opponent, they're both opponents. Alright? My opponent is those people who are, hold on a minute, that my opponent is that one who has allowed Satan to take them for his, for what he wants them to do. Yes, ma'am. This translation, uses a fancy word, refractory. That means stubborn. Yeah, stubborn. You know, the 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 opponents, the stubborn people in my life, the people that are that are not in accordance with what I'm trying to do in my life. You know, I'm trying to be a godly individual. You're trying to be godly people. Anybody who's who is opposed to that in the world, whether it's in the world or it's in your family or or whatever, you look at what he says here. He said, uh, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. They're in the trap of the devil. People in the world, people in our own families. People are opponents to me being a, living a godly life. That's an opponent who's trapped in by Satan to do Satan's will, not God's will. What does God want? God wants them to come to repentance. 
okay? My focus should be if I'm dealing with Matt or if I'm dealing with my wife or I'm dealing with Mark or Ann or whoever I'm dealing with, that I want them to live their lives in repentance so that they can have a relationship with God. They should think, feel the same way about me. And if we and if we are all on that same page, guess what happens to the church? Whew, man. Then John 13 comes into play when and when the when the people who see you and say they'll know you're my disciples, how? By the love you have what? For one another. Because I will love you. I will love Blythe. She'll love Blythe will love me. I'll love Caleb. Caleb will love me. And we'll love each other in a way that's that's godly. Yeah. And we'll pursue each other's best interest, trying to be the very best we can be together. And that way the church grows. And then people are coming to Christ because of it. Okay? We're going to start chapter 3 next week, guys. All right? We'll see you all next week. Thank you. Uh -huh. <laughs>